Hey guys, Rob here, just telling you that today's show is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash R-H-A-P for your free audiobook download and enjoy the show. Coming to you live from my apartment. It's Rob as a podcast, and now here's the guy who just got home from trying to pay at Subway with a box of Uncle Ben's, Rob Sesternino. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Rob Has a Podcast. I am the aforementioned Rob Sesternino, and very happy to be here with you, Talking Survivor here on a Thursday evening as we do every week here as we go marching along here on Survivor Philippines episode number six in the books. I thought it was the best episode of the season so far. We're going to go through all of it today with our very special guest. A lot of people have been asking for her for a long time, and we are going to have her Amanda Kimmel joining us here on the podcast. So we'll talk to her about last night's show and everything from her three Survivor experiences, uh, and it should be a lot of fun. And then last night, with Stephen Fishback, as we do every Wednesday, we did our full uh, Survivor episode recap, where we went through everything. I talked with Stephen. We debated who got the right side of the trade, between the rice or the sandwiches, which side we were on, and Stephen and I actually agreed about that. Then we also talked about... Uh, if Kent made the right move to decide to keep Penner in the game and not vote out Katie. So if you want to hear that conversation or be a part of it with us live next week, uh, join us at 9.15 p.m. Eastern every Wednesday night. Or if you want to hear that show in the archive, go to robhasawebsite.com. And then also this morning, I spoke with the latest person kicked out of the tribe. I spoke with Katie. I thought I had a very nice conversation. You always, you know, feel like you know the person a lot better just in the 15 minutes that you talk to them instead of, you know, the five episodes or six episodes that she was on the show. But yeah, I liked Katie this morning. I thought we had a good chat. And you can hear that as well over at robhasawebsite.com or subscribe to our iTunes feed and don't miss a show. So before we get into talking without Amanda, I just wanted to tell you guys about a great offer that's going on from one of our sponsors, and we've been very lucky to add a new sponsor to the show uh, these last two weeks, and that sponsor is Audible. Now, since you are a person who is already listening to a podcast, this might be something that interests you. Audible is a service that has over 100,000 audiobooks uh, for you to listen to. They have every genre of books on every subject matter imaginable. I talked about last week how I like to listen to a lot of nonfiction books. I feel like I am always trying to improve myself, and I think that audiobooks are a great way to do it, but it's not just all serious stuff. Uh, There's a lot of great fiction audiobooks and nonsense stuff, including stuff from uh, somebody who's my favorite author, Chuck Klosterman, uh, and uh, my favorite book that he's written is a book called uh, Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs, uh, and that which is also available for you to listen to at audiblepodcast.com slash R-H-A-P. You can get a free audiobook download when you sign up for a subscription with Audible. 
Uh, it's a great service and a great deal, and uh, I welcome them aboard as a sponsor of Rob Has a Podcast. Okay, so we're about to jump into the interview with Amanda. Now, I am recording this part of the show after I've done the interview with Amanda. So I just there's a couple things I want to make you aware of for this conversation. I happened to talk to Amanda today while she was driving in a vehicle. Okay? This was not the plan and this certainly was not the ideal circumstances, but when you have the guest and the time, you do the podcast. So it is less than the standards that we are used to here at Rob Has a Podcast for portions of this interview, and I sincerely apologize about that. By the end of the interview, she is home, and we have very good audio, but there are going to be some times when it's a little touch and go, and I apologize about that. That is not what you guys deserve, except when we tell you that we're doing a car cast. That's very different. Okay, so without further ado, let me bring you my conversation with Amanda Kimmel. All right, everybody. I know you've been waiting for this. Joining us now on the line, she's a three-time Survivor player. She's a two-time Survivor finalist, and she's driving in a car. It's Amanda Kimmel. Hi. (laughs) How are you? Amanda. Now, first off, I just want to make sure, do do you have a hands-free device on your person at this time? Yeah, I do, actually. Well, I have this okay. car Be- phone, and people tell me it sounds like I'm talking in a trash can, but hopefully it's not that bad. <laughs> no, not too, not too bad. Uh, okay. Now, you said you have a ca- you have a car phone. Yeah, like one of those systems that links your radio, your stereo, so in your car, so you just talk and hear it. You know what I mean? Wow, so if you amazing! Get a phone call. Your your um, if you're listening to music, it'll just go straight to the phone, and the music will stop. Okay, so it's it like off. a blue, like a Bluetooth. It's not like you have you don't have an actual receiver in the car. No, it's like a little, it's like it's a little device they actually put in your car. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, that's uh, amazing. All right, so Amanda, let's let's get into this. I know we're very excited to have you here to talk some Survivor. We talked with you back in January as part of Miss Survivor. And uh, that was very exciting, and I'm I'm sorry that uh, it did not work out for Miss Survivor. But I thought you had one of the uh, one of the best uh, interviews during Miss Survivor. So I hope that you might be able to top that today. Oh, geez, pressure. You, you, now, are you able to play the guitar while you're driving? I don't think so. <laughs> I could try right. if you wanted, but that might be dangerous. Harmonica? No. No harmonica. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we'll take what we can get. All right. So, Amanda, I'm already down five points. That's not fair. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see if you can bounce back. All right. Before we get into Survivor, what what's going on in your world? How's everything going? It's good. I'm super busy. As you can tell, I, yeah. I'm supposed to be having an interview with you at my house, but I couldn't make it. So, I'm on the road. Yeah, on the road. Yeah. And what are you doing? You're playing. You're out playing poker all over the place. When did this? When did you become a poker aficionado? Yeah. Uh, well, I actually haven't been playing that long. <laughs> Probably seven months now. And uh, it's kind of something I fell into because of the show. 
And uh, my dad was an online, has been a poker player for a really long time. So my stepdad's kind of teaching me um, how to play. And I really love it because it's a game of skill and there's a lot to it that I had no idea when it's poker. There's a lot of strategy and there's a lot of, um, it's not just, I mean, a lot of people say it's gambling and in a way it is, but in a way it's like you have to make the right decision with your, yeah. with your heart. So yeah. a lot of it's skill and reading people and bluffing and a lot of the skills you learn in Survivor, really. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in a bit. Let's jump into some of this Survivor stuff. And the thing that really jumps out to me about your connection to this season is that you have played Survivor on a tribe with none other than returning player Jonathan Penner. Uh, And so you've been watching him all season long. Uh, What was your take on Jonathan Penner in Micronesia? And what is your take on Jonathan Penner now? You know, I never really got to know Penner that well. I never, I never really played with him. Um, we didn't have an alliance or anything, and we, I finally know Penner, but he seems like he's the kind of player that um, just talks a lot, <laughs> and I mm-hmm. think that can sometimes get him in trouble. And definitely this season, that kind of plays out with him um, taking the reins and making what I think are bad decisions. Yeah. Now, back in Micronesia, now you were in an alliance that was going against the alliance uh, from Penner. I mean, what are some things that he does around the camp that say make you say, this is not somebody to align with? Well, he's not afraid to speak his mind, and he's not afraid kind of piss people off and that's kind of a dangerous quality in the game because you do that too much especially you know before the merge and when you're making new friends let's say mm-hmm. it kind of rubs people the wrong way and he has a tendency to to really want like the leadership position and sometimes it's dangerous to align with a person like that because it can either it can really hurt you if not, everyone feels the same way. And absolutely. Now, is it, I saw on Twitter you ran into Mrs. Penner recently. I did, yeah. It was really funny, actually. I go to this coffee shop in Beachwood all the time, and she was there, and she started talking to me, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. You were Penner's wife. And she was so sweet. And I tried to get some information, and of course, you know, that wasn't going to happen, but... <laughs> Really you're, nice. you're pumping Mrs. Penner for information? Yeah, kind of, because, you know, I've played with him, and otherwise <laughs> I wouldn't have, of course. But, you know, I kind of was curious to see how he did and kind of wanted to know and, you know, milk it. <laughs> yeah. Now, Amanda, you wanted spoilers from Mrs. Penner? A little bit, yeah. And I'm not really <laughs> that kind of person. <laughs> but I kind of was trying to, you know, see if I could get anything out of her. It wasn't working. Yeah. Uh, well, that's great. Great. I do love watching Penner on the show, and I'm glad that they brought him back for this season. Now, last night was a lot about Penner and a lot about this decision that he wanted to make to go ahead and trade the rice from the camp in exchange for uh, a free lunch. And there's no such thing as a free lunch on Survivor uh, or anywhere. So it, this did come back to bite them in the butt a little bit. So let me get your take first on 
do you like this decision to trade the rice from the camp in exchange for a reward? No, not at all. I mean, it sounds good at the time, but in survival, you have to think of long term and Mm -hmm. what's going to make everyone in the tribe happy. And obviously, like, everyone would be happy for a second, like, instant gratification. But later, obviously, you're going to be in trouble for challenges and for other things. So to make a drastic decision like that without approval of your team is really ballsy. And, uh, (laughs) I mean, it doesn't surprise me that he did that, (laughs) I guess, in a way. But it's, it's... it's ballsy. Well, what do you do? Know better. He's played so many times. Like, come on. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, what, well, Amanda, what do you do in the middle of a challenge? See, this is where I think it, it is a little tricky. So Penner's out there and saying, so how about we make this trade my rice for your sandwiches? And now everybody else is like, oh, I don't know if that's a good idea. I mean, do you publicly call out your, you know, the de facto leader of your tribe? Isn't that something that's a one-way ticket to go home? I mean, not if everyone's on the same page. You know, if everyone disagreed, kind of, uh, or if someone had a really good reason why they shouldn't do it and they brought it up, I mean, you'd probably get more people on your side. It just depends. It depends how you do it. It depends what else what everyone else thinks. You know, if everyone, if yeah. you approach it in a way as, okay, guys, like, this is a great idea right now because we're starving and we're in the jungle and it's raining and it's awful, but tomorrow and the next day and right before the challenge, are we going to regret this decision? Probably. Yes. You know? If you approach yes. it in a way where people are like, yeah, that's probably not the best idea, <laughs> then mm-hmm. you gain support. And I think that's how you know, good leaders in Survivor kind of like, wait, and they just make good decisions really quickly. But the tough thing was for these guys last night was they're they're in the middle of this challenge. It's like everybody is out in the open, so it really is almost like a tribal council setting to be able to say, uh, you know, can I respectfully disagree with that decision, uh, Jonathan? I think that maybe we should keep the, you know, it's almost like you, and you don't want to show too much to the other tribe. So it's really not the kind of place where you can interject and really have this discussion. So it's a tough spot. Yeah. And you know, there's two kind of survivor players. There's people that go on the show that just want to play the game as best as they can. They don't care about being on TV. They don't care about any of that. They just want to play the game. And that's kind of how I was. Like, I didn't really care how I came across or how entertaining I was, like what I did. But there's some players that want to go on and they want to cause a little bit of drama. They want to like, they want to stand out, you know, and they want like the attention and not saying Penner's like begging for attention or anything, but it's like, you know, there's some players that are more ballsy about it because they just want to, they're not afraid to like risk everything. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. I, he's not afraid to stir the pot. He never yeah. has been, and he never will be. And that's why he's good on the show. Yeah, that's um, why people like him. You know, that's why he's a good character on the show, too. So, Yeah. Now, Amanda, I know you've been on your share of rewards on Survivor. Uh, could you speak to what it does to your body? You know, you're out there. You're starving. You haven't had a, a good meal in quite some time. Now you eat a big meal. 
what is the next, you know, 12 to 24 hours like for you in that situation? And is it, uh, is it better than just a constant stream of getting the rice? You know what's so funny is when you deprive yourself of something like food or sugar or something like that, once you finally have it, it's so amazing and so rewarding and you really appreciate it. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is the best I've ever had of whatever you're eating. And that's what it's like when you first win a reward. You're like, I haven't had this in so long. It's amazing. This is the best chocolate, rice, whatever I've ever had in my life. And it's like the most amazing feeling. But then you can't help but gorge yourself on it. So, because it gives you unlimited everything pretty much most of the time. And you get sick and then you don't feel good. And then the next day you kind of feel like shit. And <laughs> if you go through this right. like, big, long process of, Gosh, I wish, I, w- I wish, you know, we would have won something more, like, long-term. Because it's so short-term. Like, you feel good for, like, a second, and the experience is fun, and then it's over, and you're sick, and usually, like, I mean, a lot of people have thrown up, like, after it's eaten so much. And you really can't help yourself. You can't, you can't, really, it's hard to control yourself because you're so deprived of, of all food. It's hard to say, okay, I'm just going to have a little bit. I'm going to pace myself. I'm not going to, like, work on it. Because everyone's going for food and grabbing food. And you're like, gosh, I don't want to miss out. I don't want to not get enough food. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to miss right. out on anything. So you eat as much as you can. And then you have, like, being called with a food baby for pretty much a whole day. <laughs> and it's painful. And it's not fun. <laughs> uh. Oh, yeah, a food baby, you say. A food baby, uh, yeah. <laughs> Amanda, you make eating on survivors. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you make eating on survivors sound like uh, getting into like recreational drug use. It's true, it, it, and you feel euphoric. You feel like you just did a drug or acid, or I don't know. You feel like you, <laughs> acid. you're hallucinating. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you must have got better better rewards than I did. I don't think I've ever hallucinated. Really? <laughs> uh, I, I, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, now, one of the other things that came up last night was about how, the as a returning player, Mike Scoopin is eating all the rice at Tandang, and his tribe is getting very upset with him, and he's not even cooking it. He's just eating the rice raw out of out of the bag. Now, Amanda, did you did you know that you could do this, and is that dangerous? Um, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I guess you could do it. I, mean, I guess I've never thought about it because one of the biggest rules on the show is like don't piss off your tribe, don't eat if no one else is eating. Like everything's portioned out. People are very particular about food on the show. If you have more than somebody else, it could cause a huge conflict. You know, if you have, if you sneak food, that's a huge no-no. Like, there's certain things mm-hmm. that are just, like, protocol. So, the fact that he would Like banana it, etiquette. Yeah. So, the fact that he was just eating it raw. He did it, but... Yes. <laughs> it probably wasn't the best decision he could have made. Yeah. 
Well, now, Amanda, you've played the game three times, and you've made the merge three times. So we're at a point where the around the time the merge is coming up. What's your take on the tribes that you've been on as far as rationing the food heading into the merge? Is the right move, hey, let's start eating more because there's going to be five, six more mouths to feed here tomorrow? Or do you want to start conserving because you are going to have all those other mouths to feed? That was always a huge decision. I remember with the whole tribe, like people went back and forth. Some people thought it was better to eat it before the other tribe could get any. Some thought that we would ration it. My my take on it is I always thought, like, you never know what's going to happen. Like, they don't know they're going to merge soon. Like, they very well could just be, it could be this way until one team is completely eliminated. Like, they don't know. So, to prejudge things in the game is really is not a very good idea because you don't know really know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's when you do that that you know, let's say that you don't know because it's like, oh, we're going to merge, no big deal, blah blah blah, and then they don't. What are you going to do? You know, they always have yeah. to think ahead. But it's hard because See, I... you know, like the instant yeah. gratification thing, like you want it now, <laughs> and you don't want anyone else <laughs> yeah, to have it. <laughs> that's right. I know. Well, that's uh, I take the opposite approach. Uh, I feel like when you know they're coming, let's let's eat it now. We'll figure we'll figure it out the rest of the way. Who knows? I might not even be here come, you know, day 25, day 30. Let's let's eat now. Maybe it's not my problem. If I'm lucky, it is. Uh, and I feel like let's just let's just go through it. Who knows? Maybe they'll give us more rice when we merge if we don't have any now. So uh, my take was uh, at least on the all, on the All Stars. My argument was, hey, let's go through let's go through it now while we have it. And uh, I was outvoted on, in more ways than one. Of course you were. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, a lot of people have thought that. I've always thought, like, I never eliminated eliminated myself from the game, so I was like, well, what would I want? Like, I'm going to be here the whole time in my head, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I want more. I want to ration it out, so I have some for later. Like, I was, I was always yeah. thinking about what was the best thing for me, and then I would try to convince everyone else that, that was the best thing for them, too. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> now... We're talking about the uh, the rice. I mean, I think that you guys also had a similar scenario with the bananas on heroes versus villains, right? With uh, with the oh, amount of uh, ripe bananas and banana etiquette and James. Uh, yeah. Do you want? And you were the and you were the person who coined the term banana etiquette. So, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Was I? I don't even remember. Um, yeah, it was I thought so you were. funny because there was this huge conflict with these bananas because James he wasn't trying to I mean he was just hungry like the guy's a big guy like he just wanted to eat bananas and he didn't do anything wrong with it but even something like that that you can just pick off a tree in the jungle like they're hard to get and you have to leave them in the sun for them to ripen you can't eat them right away there's so much that goes into it that everyone was really mad that every time he walked by the banana bunch like he just kept taking a banana and like everyone noticed Mm. because out there, like everyone notices everything. So, you know, I was just trying to help him and pull him aside and be like, "Oh my God, James, don't eat bananas!" Stop. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, so and banana etiquette and, and rice etiquette. It's it's uh it's tough. Um, 
Now, did you have rice on every one of your seasons, or did they give you different stuff? Kind of thing. China, we had rice. The second season. Makes sense. Yeah, we had rice on, on all the seasons. Yeah. I didn't have coconut um, my first season, which is kind yeah. of huge. <laughs> it's a nice staple. <laughs> it's a nice staple to have. Season. I was like, yeah. oh, this is what it's uh, like not to be absolutely starving. <laughs> Feels kind of yeah. good. It does feel good. Uh, now, over in uh, in the Calabar tribe, uh, after they won their immunity, or they lost the immunity this week, they had a big decision to make. And it seems like Jeff Kent is the one who's really uh, running the show. And so he had to make a decision uh, to vote, to blindside Penner, or to take or to take Katie out of the game. I mean, what do you think is, uh, you know... Take us through that thought process of, you know, what do you, if you have a guy like Penner, do you want to blindside him prior to the merge or do you want to take out somebody who is probably the worst challenge competitor in case you don't merge? Or then you have a wild card like Denise who could flip back to the other tribe. Yeah. You know, it's like I said, I would, at that point in the game, I would still make all my decisions on what's going to be the best way for us to win challenges because you haven't merged yet. Like, they don't know they're for sure merging. So, yeah. for me, it would have been an easy decision of, like, we should keep Header for now because he's pretty good in the challenges. And yeah. plus, like, if he's making these kind of mistakes now, I, I don't know. I, I would have probably kept Header along. I think yeah, I would decision. too. I would too. I like I would like keeping Penner around just for the sake that I feel like he's a big target after the merge. I think yeah. that his history is that he gets on people's nerves at times. And so he's somebody good to keep around, not only in the game, but maybe for the end of the game. And I don't know if somebody's gonna vote for a returning player here in exactly. the end of this game. Yeah. And thing is too, it's like, you know like you said, you know, even though Penner's been on it before, he has a tendency to rub people the wrong way, in a sense. So to keep him around yeah. until possibly thinking end of the game, having an alliance with him was probably a good idea. Something I probably yeah. would have thought about. Now, what's your take on Penner? I feel like I've heard it ex- both ways. Do you think, is Jonathan Penner a loyal Survivor player, or is he somebody that can't be trusted in the game? Oh, geez. I, you know what, like, I don't even really know, because there's part of me, there's just something about him that I don't trust. I don't know what it is. It's not, like, a personal thing. It's, like, a survivor thing. But I, there's something about him that I know how bad he wants to make it far. Like, he would, he would do anything. Like, you know, for a fact, he would, like, turn on you right away. Like, I just have that feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like he was he'd be someone that I could trust and trust unless it benefited him. So if I was in an alliance with him and I had something that he really wanted or needed, I would trust him because I would know for sure he would keep me around because he needs me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have there been any other players like that that you've played with in your three seasons? Um, I kind of felt that way about Todd. Interesting. I kind of felt that way about Harvey. I mean, I guess you kind of mm-hmm. feel that way about a lot of people. Like, obviously, everyone wants to 
go far, like, in the game. But there's just certain yeah. people that you feel, like, are stronger. They have, like, more of a determination to to win, you know? Or to make yeah. it as far as they well, can. Yeah, I think that's a trait of a good player, too, who are, yeah, you know, they're sure. not going to... They're not going to do things that don't benefit them, whereas people who are not as good at the game, uh, they very well may. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Um, so what's your, what's your take on uh, this uh, Denise and Malcolm here and the, the idea of both of the tribes accepting them into one of their own and don't seem to be too worried about where they could end up post-merge here. I mean, do you like the idea that Calabaw decided not even to consider voting out Denise last night? Um, I mean, I think they should have thought about it a little bit more, maybe, because she's, she's quite a target, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because she... A pretty strong player in my eyes so far in the game, and I probably would have put it a little bit more. Right. Uh, yeah, I just think that we're heading into a very one of the more interesting post merges that we may have ever had on the show. Because we have basically these three guys that are on Calabaw in Penner and Carter and Kent, who are seem to be united, and then Denise is allegedly with them. But then over on Tandang, you have uh, uh, Pete, who has his own thing going on with Abby Maria and Artis, who all hate Scoopin. Lisa's sort of a floater. Scoopin is with RC. And then there's Malcolm, who we don't really know where he's going. And he might go back with Denise. He might pull Denise over to where uh, to be with Tandang. So I think this could be one of the more exciting post-merges that we've ever had on the show. I agree, yeah. I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, well, let me ask you about some of these other players that are on Tandang instead of all uh, Calabaw. Uh, we've seen a lot of Abby Maria throughout uh, the game so far, and she seems to always be annoyed about something. Um, it, how far can a person like that go in the game of Survivor? Um, like an annoying person, you mean? Well, I mean, somebody who's just ill-tempered. I mean, uh, that's like pretty far, like, quite insane. You never really yeah. know. Um, it just depends how she works the rest of her game and, and what she does. Do you like her? <laughs> I have enjoyed watching her, but I don't think that she's playing a very good game. I think that uh, in Survivor, I think you want to be very level-headed. And, uh, you know, being able to roll with the punches and not be uh, yelling at people all the time and getting into fights. I don't think that's a very successful strategy. Oh, yeah, of course. But in modern day Survivor, uh, it could be a good way to get somebody to take you to the final three as somebody who uh, they're bringing you because they think they can beat you. Yeah, I mean, it really depends on our strategy, I guess, you know. I don't, I don't yeah. really like the strategy if he's like, oh, this is how I'm going to get the end. If you don't really believe him, it means, yeah. I don't know. Unless it's your last option. If it's her last option to be, you know, a vote, take it to the end. I mean, those are easy to 
Yeah. You don't really have like strength, like you don't have power. I just I wouldn't feel comfortable playing that way at all. You know? Yeah. Uh, you have no, no like say in anything. You have no like power in the game to make any moves or changes or I've always been that kind of player though. Like I I like to be in control of like helping guys where every who goes, who stays, you know, like in control. Right. Um now Pete is somebody who has been a lot of talk this season so far, and he's been somebody who is trying to, you know, cause a lot of tr- uh, a lot of drama so far uh in the camp, and he's very much l- eager to get rid of Mike Scoopin. Now do you think that they will try to stick together? This tribe could try to stick together after the merge, or are they going to be so obsessed with they've never gone to tribal council? Are they trying to settle the scores from pre merge after the merge instead of working together as a group? Um, I think he's in a great position. I think if he keeps being in a leader position and not give away too much information like he did a couple episodes ago, he's in a really great spot and I think he has a lot of control and I think he's a player that people will be because there's some players in Survivor like if you're a really dominant physical player you can get people to align with you just because they know they're never going to beat you in a challenge so he has yeah. the power too of keeping people with him because they know like he's great in challenges so it could be a really good thing I don't really know if their alliance is going to break up but you know, I want to ask you a little bit about Abby Maria and how she's been sitting out of the challenges uh, so far in the season. Now, it seems like this really is getting on Jeff Probst's nerves that Abby Maria is not playing in any of the challenges. So it had been through it had been uh, throughout the season that we had, uh, you know, a lot of people sitting out back to back challenges now, uh, you know, Jeff Probst was on her case again last night. Oh, Abby Maria is sitting out again. She says it's not her, it's not her choice to uh, be sitting out of the challenge. Uh, what what do you like? How big of a factor is that for uh, everybody being able to participate in the challenges? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, even though it's not her decision to sit out. She hasn't been doing a very good job of proving that she will be good at challenges, so she keeps getting sat out. And unfortunately, like, that's going to reflect badly on her, even though it's not her decision. She's going to look like a weak player. She's going to look like, you know, just, just like the people that never give up, the people that are great challenges, that, you know, are there to win. And if you're not, and if you look like you're blocking, he's going to give you a hard time. Yeah. But I feel like the best way for her to deal with it is to just stick it back at him, but like not a lot of people will do that. Yeah. Why are you uh, did you give it back to Jeff Probst at all? Yeah, I, I wish I would have a little bit more to be honest with you. But no, I didn't. Yeah. Like, focused, like there are times where I really wanted to, trust me. Yeah. When you're in the middle of a challenge, you're like, Okay, what is this really like, I was never like that out really. So I didn't have, like, 
I was always in the challenge. It's like, well, I don't lose my focus. Like, give me stuff right now. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to get on his bad side. That would be my biggest fear. Yeah, because he's a big part of the game, too. Like, he just... Uh, yeah, well, well, last night uh, at the tribal council, uh, that Jeff was, uh, you know, he was a little, a little all over the place. I thought last night, so he's. It seemed to me like he was just, you know, harping on this, all this talk about the blind side for uh, Penner, and it, I felt like I was watching the show. I felt like he was almost trying to get Penner to play his idol last night, as much as he was talking about that. I mean, have you ever found that Jeff? Uh, it seems it seems like you're sitting there. You're about to. You're trying to do something, and you feel like Jeff is uh, giving somebody a hint on what to do. Oh, of course. I mean, that's his job. <laughs> that's why yeah. they made him the big buck. You know what he does, and he's good at it. <laughs> he can make you second yeah. guess anything, and that's why I say like sometimes it's good to dish it back to him because he'll either hate you for it or he'll respect you for it. And if you're a weak okay. player, sometimes, like, I feel like you're respect with him that way. But he's definitely a component in the game. He can mess up your game. He can make you second-guess everything. You know, he can, if you're not careful, like, he can people. Like, he, he, he breaks everyone out in tribal. Like, that's, like, yeah. his playground. And he enjoys it. Like this. Well, last night we also had the very funny line uh, where he's interrogating Jeff Kent. And asking Jeff Kent, like, point blank, so, Jeff, uh, tell me, have is Survivor like any other game that you've ever played before that might involve strategy? Is it like any other game? Uh, Jeff Kent looked like he wanted to kill Jeff Probst. He's trying to blow up his spot. Oh, and so, yeah, because, of course, he doesn't, no one knows he's a baseball player. That's the goal that right. I think he was letting, but I don't think he wants anyone to know, but I don't really understand why. I don't really understand, like, why he would think that everyone would just vote for it because of that. Well, Amanda, if you played with somebody who was somebody who was a, a very wealthy celebrity, uh, would you want to try to vote them out or would you want to keep them around? I mean, I would probably want to keep them around. Because you feel like you could beat them in the end? Uh, I mean, it was, yeah, but you know what? Like, I don't believe in, in picking people for reasons like that. The jury is always different. Like, the jury is always going to, like, you know, they're going to vote for who played the game stuff, or they're going to vote for, you know, not necessarily because you deserve it because you already have a lot of money. Like, I don't really think people would judge it on that. And Survivor yeah. comes to a place where I feel like people really love the game and they really they really want someone to win who deserved it, like who played really, a really, really good game, not someone who necessarily needs the money or deserves it or they feel bad for that person. I think that's kind of over a little bit. You know what I mean? Um. I, I think I think that's interesting. I mean, the, every jury is different, and I, I don't need to tell you. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think that, I think it would be hard for somebody like Jeff Kent if people knew his secret to win the game. I don't think people would give him the money. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I guess it depends. I mean, now it's kind of hard. 
because he wasn't honest about it in the beginning, but now he has to kind of hide it. Because if now if it came out, people would think maybe he was lying or keeping it from them, or it would it would probably hurt him now if it came out. I don't know if he mm-hmm. just came out in the beginning saying he was a baseball player. I don't know if that would have necessarily would have hurt him. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's get into uh, a, few, a few things uh, going back to some of your uh, older seasons. Uh, let me ask you one question that I had for you. This, so this season, the way that they hid the uh, hidden immunity idol, I thought it was very similar uh, back to the way that they did it in China, where you guys had it. It was in the sign, and this season it was in the rice. Uh, I mean, how do you explain to people where something like that goes missing? How do you explain where it went, you mean? Yeah, when people say, hey, wasn't there a thing on that sign? Uh, uh, what, do you, what do you tell people oh, yeah. when they, if they start asking questions? Like, they, you know, how the thing was on the top of the rice. I mean, like, wasn't there a thing on the rice? I mean, I just play stupid. I'm like, you don't yeah. know. That's what I would do. <laughs> like, why do you, you know, I would be like, oh, my God, I didn't even notice there was anything on there. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Uh. And and then also now you are a uh, a poker player now, but you played Survivor with uh, one of the great uh, poker players, John Robert. Uh, have you gotten any advice in your poker playing uh, from John Robert? No, actually, I haven't talked to John Robert in such a long time. Probably not since right after my minus season. It's been a long time. Have have you considered calling him and asking him to mentor you? <laughs> um, no, I I mean I guess I could, but I haven't. I don't know. Yeah. I just feel I feel like I'm being um, mentored by Andy Block, who's a phenomenal poker player, and I feel yeah. like if you get too many people's opinions like in the mix, then you're. It's just, it's hard. Like, I really believe, like, the way Andy plays, and I, I love the way he plays. He plays with a lot of math and probability and statistic kind of things. Like, he figures out the probability of his cars. And, like, he plays really smart poker. And that's kind of how I want to play. So, John O'Bear plays completely different poker. So, get advice from a guy like Andy Falk and it works that way, and then all of a sudden change it up and and get advice from John Robert about, you know, kind of how he plays. Yeah. I mean, it's totally different, you know? Yeah. Who is the best survivor I poker be player? I to sit down with him and talk about it. it would who would win at, in a poker game? It's you, uh, John Robert, Boston Rob, Jim Rice, uh, Albert from Survivor uh, South Pacific. And Cochran, so let's wait. throw him in there. So, yeah. Oh come on! <laughs> I don't, I mean, I really don't know. I don't know how. I haven't seen. I haven't played with Boston Rob, and I haven't played with some of those people, so I'm not really sure. But yeah, I, I can hold my own for sure. I think with them, I don't know how long they've played either. Like how long you've played poker is kind of a huge factor. Like, it takes a while to learn the game and get comfortable with 
with playing. So I'm starting to learn, like, the longer you play, there's just some things that just take time to learn. So What's I think easy? Was, the answer would kind of depend on who, who's probably played longer and who studies it plays all the time. What, what is easier to learn, poker or survivor? What's easier? Yeah, to learn. To learn. I mean, I'd have to say, I'd have to say poker because you can't really learn how to play survivor. It's kind of an, an instinctual thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let me let me jump into. Uh, I hear you. Uh, let me jump into some of these questions that came to us from our Facebook fan page. Uh, go to uh, facebook.com slash Rob has a podcast if you want to ask uh, questions to our uh, Survivor every week. And Thomas Freestead wants to know, Amanda, you were one of the few pageant girls to make it deep into this game, whereas many newer Survivors like Katie say their pageant experience will help them only to be booted pre-merge. Based on your seasons, how do pageant competitions help players if they do? Now, uh, and we won't even, we'll leave out uh, your run at Miss Survivor earlier this year as well. <laughs> so how is, you basically asking how is pageant, like how, how is doing Miss USA help me in Survivor? Yes, and how come it hasn't helped other pageant girls along the way? I think for me, it comes down to I'm just a competitive person with everything, not just pageants. So I think that, I think it helps just as an experience of competing, but I don't think it really helps me in in many aspects of, of the of of Survivor. I think just mostly being really, really super competitive is is what helps me most. Okay. Uh. This is from uh, Guillaume Lavieri. Uh, he says, uh, Amanda, what's your take on uh, most returning Survivor players being men, excluding all-stars, fans versus favorites, heroes versus villains? So mostly, and uh, all, I get, they brought Stephanie back. But for the most part, every time they bring back these returning players, they bring back two men. Amanda, what gives? <laughs> I know. I have no idea, actually. And... You know, I hate to say this because I think women could, like, have dominated the survivor in the past, but there's sometimes, like, some seasons where I just watch the show and I'm, like, waiting for the women to make a power move, and it just doesn't happen as frequently for some reason. Have you noticed Why that? is that? I do notice you that. Know, I don't know, but it really, like, irks me. It's just like, God, you know... They have such an opportunity to like make these alliances and do all this stuff, and like, and some seasons they do, and then some they don't at all. And the guys are always like in there trying to like do stuff, and maybe that's the reason. I'm not really sure. I mean, that's probably yeah. a good question for Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hey, yeah, we'll ask we him. <laughs> uh, Pierre uh, Salomon Dumont wants to know. Uh, Amanda, if you were selected to be a returning player on a season where they bring two returning players back and an all-new cast, who should the other returning player be? Um, for sure, poverty. I think it would be really funny to bring a full staff and go head-to-head again. Yes. Now, I mean, that I, would be... I'm a super competitive person, and they beat me, and, you know, it would be really fun just... 
you know, have another shot with us going head to head. Yes, uh, I think a lot of people would be on board for a uh, Parvati versus Amanda season. Now, uh, I we know that you know you got you guys were very you guys were very close at one point. Uh, apparently, you guys are not as close. Is it possible this uh, rivalry between you and Parvati? I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out here, Amanda. Is this all fake to try to set up an Amanda versus Parvati season? <laughs> No, not at all. I mean, we haven't talked in a really long time, although we did have coffee uh, about a month ago for the first time in years since the last season. Because um, we were trying to raise money for um, for Ethan. So we kind of met for just the side of some memorabilia and just, you know, just to give her some um, clothes and auction off. And we had coffee and it was really like nice. We're still not close or anything, but we, that was our first communication in a really long time. So it's not big yeah. at all. You know what happened? Hmm. It really like tore apart completely. And I think we're different people now. I think we're stronger, and I think we're different in a lot of ways. I think we've learned a lot. I think we're. Right. I mean, I've been humbled majorly from the whole experience, and I feel like you know. Um, I but, feel like if I did it again, it, I would be playing a completely different game. Almost. Now, are, are you guys feuding? Is it is it because of Survivor, or is it something outside outside of Survivor? Uh, everything everything that we that tore us apart was was from the show. Okay, it was all because of Survivor. Yeah. Okay. Uh, see, Survivor is it brings people together and it tears people apart. So we were really close before, I mean, we were friends before we did Survivor. So we were friends for a, a while. Um, and then it just, I don't know, so much from the show happened. It just, so much pressure on our relationship because we broke up. Yeah. Oh, and which, which season are you guys feuding from? From 16 or from 20? Which one are we? <laughs> Which season made you guys fight? Sixteen or twenty? Oh, um, I think ever since Micronesia a little bit. Like we made up after Micronesia a little bit, um, but we've kind of had a hard time ever since that season since we were on it together for some reason. Yeah. And you know maybe it's because we were both extremely competitive and we're both. Um, I think I had a tendency to to take a lot of things personally. Yeah. And she's a little bit more, like, relaxed about that. Like, she doesn't take things as personally, I think, as me. And just yeah. different things that just cause a huge barrier um, to being friends. I think I, I, I'm gonna. I want to sit you guys down together. I'm gonna forget forget coffee now. And the next step is you're gonna have a meal and sit down. Sit down at the table. I think we can work all these things out. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of funny because we, uh, I could tell it was kind of painful for both of us to go back there and talk about any of it. So we really didn't. We talked about mostly like what we're doing now and, and you know, things in the future, not necessarily them happen in the past. Yeah. I don't know if that's, I don't know if we're going to be able to like hash through all that stuff, but I kind of feel like the only way for us to really have a friendship is maybe to do that. 
You gotta tear it down so you could build it back up. And exactly. I think maybe, maybe, you know, I like to think that Rob as a podcast is the forum for this, but maybe we just want to skip right through and go to the Jeff Probst show. <laughs> right? You're oh, I. Yes, I think so. I, I think he. I think he would do it. I think this would be a great episode. Yes. I have seen it. Yes, of course. What do you think? Do you agree with me? Uh, I love I love it as well. I have it a season pass on my DVR, and I can't wait to be there in the front row when you and Parvati are on that stage and uh, completely reconcile. That is the power of Jeff Prof's show. Right? Yeah. I think so. All right. Well, well, we will mention we will mention that to him. Uh, <laughs> and with your permission, I will pitch that show idea to Jeff Probst uh, via yeah. email. Okay. And you would, and you would go. You would, you would go. I, I, I think yeah. she would go. I mean, I would be down. I don't know how Ian Parker would be on how she do all that stuff, let alone on that <laughs> show. But I, I feel like it would be kind of therapeutic and. <laughs> I agree. I, I agree. Yeah, I will. Yes. All right. Well, I'll, I will be there for emotional support, also. Okay, good. Well, hold my hand. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, now, Keith Black wants to know. I thought this was a good question. Uh, Amanda, playing, having played in three different formats, all newbies, all stars, and half and half. Which game did you have the most fun? Oh my gosh. You know, this is going to seem like a really weird answer, but my favorite season was the very first one I was on. Because everything was new and it was so difficult. We didn't have any food. And I loved, like, I don't know if I love to punish myself, but I loved how hard it was. Mm-hmm. And everything was just so remarkable. Like, every reward was so amazing and everything was just, like, heightened. And that's my favorite season. I mean, I love yeah i think for everybody i mean unless you're somebody like uh you know uh one of these people like a parvati who comes back and wins their second time or does better this the second time that they that they come back i think for 99 percent of survivors the first time you go nothing will ever be it's like the first time you fall in love exactly that's exactly what it's like and it's I have a way with game. words. And every time yes. you go back again, it's like, you're going to just like, what if I back the last time on Heroes vs. Villains? I didn't even care if I ate the entire time. I didn't really care about the shelter. I didn't care about like things that in the first one were such a big deal. You know, and it's mm-hmm. kind of fun like having those things 
be a big deal again. And I was just a game. Like, you get obsessed with, like, the actual, the, the, the mental part of the game when you yeah. go back. Well, I think that's a big difference between the all-star seasons and the new seasons but, but where everybody is new because everybody's like, oh, my God, this experience, I'm so changed. And then in the all-star seasons, it's just like, you know, strategy, 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 you know, airtime, airtime, airtime. And it's not so much about the experience. Yeah, it's almost like you get hated a little bit. You know what I mean? I hear you. There's reality stars. Uh, it's, it, it definitely happens. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's see. Where do we, where do we want to go like next? Uh, okay, well, how about this? Uh, Jeremy Damon wants to know, if offered, you know, considering everything that we've talked about, would you come back to be a four-time player, or are you just a fan of the show now with no and no longer desire to win Survivor? Oh, my gosh, no. I, I still want to go back. I still want to win. Um you know, I've gotten off the show before, and I'm like, I'm never doing that again. I'm over it. Get away from me, Survivor. Like, I'm done. <laughs> like, totally fed up. And mm-hmm. then a little time goes by, and that just that yearning of winning this freaking show is driving me crazy. Like, I would, I would love to go back and compete again. Yeah. To learn something every time, and I just have, like, I just want to win. Like, I just want to win the show. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it. I've, I've heard. I've heard a lot of people say they don't want to. They don't want to go back. I think every survivor does want to go back. Yeah, I mean, you think you think that right away after because you're like, I'm not going through that again. I lost hair. It took me a year to recover. I'm emotionally bruised. Like all this stuff happens, and then at the end of the day, you're like, you know, there's just this thing about it. Like that's. One of the things I love the most about it is it just takes you back to this primitive, primitive state as a, as a person. Like, you're just in one with nature. You're living out there. You don't have any cell phone. You don't have your computer. It's just this whole freedom of just living and not worrying about, like, things in society. And it's just amazing. And I love it. And I would go back in a heartbeat. Okay. You, maybe you could just go to the commune if that's what you like about it. I do. I love it. I know. I should just like move into the wilderness and, and just yeah. live. <laughs> why, why not? Um, why not? So then, yeah. Uh, how about this? Uh, this is from Uyanga B wants to know, why did you vote for Sandra in Heroes versus Villains? Did Sandra impress you with your gameplay? Was it a vote against Parvati? Why did you go Sandra uh, in your vote on Heroes versus Villains? I'm trying to remember exactly why, and I really respected her game. I kind of had to switch it up last minute, and um, had a lot of strategy. I thought she was really ballsy and played a really good game. You know, and I really respected Parvati's game, too. I think Parvati's a really, really phenomenal player, and I think it was a twinge of, like, I don't know, of the whole thing going on with me in poverty, I think that's kind of why that just happened too. Is because I had I had heard that she had called me a name on the show, and it really like made me mad. So I think part of it was that too. <laughs> if we're yeah. being very honest, <laughs> well, always on Rob has a podcast. Um, <laughs> so, the, but and but that was a million dollar name then. Yeah, and I don't even know if it's 
through, but the first one. Oh, like, well then. It's this whole thing. <laughs> I mean, that was such a long time ago. But oh my god! You know, that's that's why too. I leaned um, towards Sandra, but I did think I did thought that she played a really good game, and you know, the decisions. A lot of it was in tribal. I kind of made my decision there. Um, off of her answers and kind of why she did certain things because I didn't really get to know Sandra like terribly well, but I tried mm-hmm. to not have that as um, a reason why I wouldn't vote for her. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, well, let me ask you about another final two uh, or final scenario. Daniel Sharif wants to know, do you think that if you had taken Sari to the final two over poverty, you could have won Survivor Micronesia? <laughs> Everyone asks, and I don't think so, to be honest with you. Sari's very good Par- also. I thought Parvati and I were a good, like, match. I don't think taking Sari would have... I don't, I don't... I thought I made the right decision. I still think that. Yeah. Amanda, you know, you know what I think your problem is? You play uh, on seasons with all these good players. I mean, could you come back in a season that has, like, a bunch <laughs> of stiffs on it? Please? I mean, I mean Can I you've played... That? I mean, you've played with some that. of the the best players of all time in in uh, Todd and a Parvati and a Sari, uh, you know, all these people from Heroes versus Villains. Uh, I mean, you you've played against some very tough competition. Yeah, that's really true. I, I really have. Like everyone I've I've played with, there's been some amazing players that I've really been intimidated to play with. But um, it's been, I think, it's made me a better player too. Like, kind of like basketball. Like, if you play with better players, you're going to be a better player. You know? Yeah. Shouldn't we, like, grade you on a curve? You're, you're like Patrick Ewing, where you had Michael Jordan blocking you this whole time it's from so winning. True. <laughs> yeah. What's the deal with that? <laughs> what is the deal with that? Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, how about this? Uh, let's go back to Heroes versus Villains. And uh, John Radish wants to know, how does Amanda feel about Rupert's run for governor? How about that? Now, did you know? Are you aware that your your friend Rupert from Heroes vs. Villains is running for governor of the state of Indiana? I yeah, I, I'm aware. Um, <laughs> I am aware of that. You know, Rupert's a character. He's so he's so funny, and I mean, I don't really know what his. I don't know how much he really knows about politics. To be honest with you, like when I met him, pretty much the only thing we talked about was Rupert's kids charity organization and all the stuff that he did he never really talked about politics or anything like that so it's i don't really i don't really know what i think i think it's hilarious i mean i'll probably be like i mean it's not unheard of i mean come on like california's picked some crazy governors could happen he could, he could <laughs> uh, be wearing Amanda, a tie-dyed wait. sleeveless under a suit you know <laughs> Will you, endorse, will you endorse here tonight Rupert Bonham for governor of Indiana? Would I vote for him? Will you endorse him? Endorse him? Um, yeah, why not? <laughs> All right. Uh, that, Rupert, you can put that on the website. Go for it. Amanda Kimmel says uh, she endorses Rupert for governor. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> So uh, here's a question from uh, one of our listeners, uh, Stephen Fishback. He wants to know if Courtney instead of Sandra had made the merge in Heroes vs. Villains. So this is a little bit of a what if. We don't like to do uh, too many hypotheticals, but uh, we'll, let's, we'll let this one go. If Courtney instead of Sandra made the merge on Heroes vs. Villains, would she, Courtney, 
Parvati and JT have made an intertribal alliance. Okay, so are you, are you following all this? Who <laughs> are thinking of these questions? This is you. <laughs> I don't know who comes up with these questions. There's some real some real work? whack jobs out there. Okay, uh, JT, Courtney, Denise, you. Did you say Denise? No, Denise. No, there's no Denise out there. Okay, no. Uh, we wish Lunch Lady Denise could have been on here. Would Lunch Lady Denise been a hero or a villain? <laughs> Parvati. You said Parvati, right? <laughs> Courtney, Parvati, JT, you, and, uh, uh, yeah, you, Courtney, Parvati, JT. Would that have happened? No. <laughs> all right. Courtney would not have aligned with all of us. There's no way that would have happened. I know. Well, why not? Because Courtney... She, to align with you, she has to like like you, you know. And I and her and I have a great relationship. I don't know. I don't think she would have agreed with my alliance choices. I don't know though. Like maybe she would have, but she's very particular. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. This is uh, how about um, Nick Fishman wants to know what is your favorite moment on Survivor that you were a part of. Do you have one favorite moment above all the other ones? You know, like, my favorite moment was um, in China, I won, well, Denise picked me on Reward Challenge, and my sister came out, and she was on the show um, for the family um, visit, and I, my favorite moment just because it was crazy, like, everything, there's just times in your life things put into perspective, and that was a time where, like, wow, my family is so like, I don't know what I would do without my family. And so that was a really big moment for me. Just, you know, just being in terms, like, how important, like, certain things are in your life and not to take things for granted. And I don't know. It was just an eye-opening moment. Yes. Um, how, about, how about this? Uh, this is from Taylor Cotter. And uh, I wish Nicole was here to hear the answer to this. She wants to know, what is Joel McHale like? Now, t- could you talk about what what was it that you did? You were in a commercial with Joel McHale for Nintendo this year? Yeah, I did a Nintendo 3DS. Um, it was a web it was a web commercial kind of thing. And you can I think you can YouTube it, but I modeled for it and we were in swimsuits. My best friend's in it too, Miss a girl who's Miss Massachusetts USA my year. Her name's Christina yeah. Nardozzi. And yeah, we we were hired to do this uh, Oh. Nintendo 3DS thing, and it was so fun. And Joel McHale is hilarious on and off the camera. He's he had this he had this stylist who was pretty much velcroed to him. And every time we cut a take, we wouldn't get makeup and hair done. She would go straight to Joel, fix his hair, fix his makeup, powder, powder, fix his hair. Like every single time, it must have happened 30, 40. I'm not kidding you, 30, 40 times in an hour. He was doing his hair and doing powdering his face and like it was hilarious it was so funny and every time he had some smart comment to make and i'm just a huge fan i think the soup is amazing and mm-hmm. and uh he's just he's a really really funny guy now does joel McHale watch survivor you know what he told me that he he does because he makes fun of survivor on his show yes and there's been quite a few of us on there. And I, I, as I recall, Courtney Yates is a huge Joel McHale fan. And 
He's made fun of her a couple of times on the show, too. <laughs> yeah. Who he is makes it? fun we of all... a lot of people. He's very good. But it's uh, and... an honor, you know? It's not really, like, it's not yeah. really a bad thing. <laughs> it's a Most good thing. It's a, a good thing. thing. Uh, let me see. Uh, Josh Woodworth wants to know, can you tell us about this poker reality show? So what's going on? You and Trishel are, are doing a show about poker? Yeah, it's a reality show about traveling the world, playing poker, kind of about the life of being a poker player and traveling yes. the world and you know, winning and losing and everything that goes into it, all the emotions. And yeah, it's kind of um, about all of that. And it's yeah. really fun traveling with Trishel because he's, he's a tad bit crazier than me. She loves to travel and she's so spontaneous and she's just, you know, everything that you picture Trishel from the real world to be. She's really fun. Yeah. And really out well, there I... and really, like, big personality. And um, <laughs> we get into it yeah. sometimes, but she's, she's a great great girl now and i have played poker against trichelle before and i know she is all business you at have? the poker table yeah i have oh my god uh, i didn't know you played poker well i not i don't play it well uh i used to play like uh back in you know i, I don't want to uh date myself but you know there used to be there used to be some good games out here uh a few years back and uh we would we would play and uh, trichelle takes it very seriously yeah, she plays really seriously, and she she's good. Did she beat you? Do you mind me asking? Uh, Is that going to crush your ego? I think so. Uh, I did my one claim to fame from when we used to we used to play these games at actually at Johnny Fairplay's house. Uh, I, my one claim to fame was I beat the uh, WWE champion Mike the Miz uh, in one oh of these my games. Gosh, so I'll take funny. that. I'll take that as a <laughs> my my one greatest poker accomplishment. Um, so. Oh, when do we have an air date? Are you guys filming this or you're shopping it? Uh, we're shopping it right now. Um, it has a lot of interest, um, quite a few different networks, but nothing's been finalized, so I can't really talk about it yet. But okay. hopefully, I can give you some information soon on okay. what's going on and the air date and everything. All right, well, definitely, I know people are going to be anxious to hear about it uh, <laughs> once. Once it all happens, uh, here's one. Renee Herrera wants to know: Do you get annoyed that so many people think Russell Hance is such a great player because he got to the end back to back, when in reality you did it first and played a better social game? Uh, you have more votes to win than he does, and you made it further in your third time versus him. Uh, <laughs> in short, do you feel like people don't give you uh, give you your credit? Um, you know, I'm not bitter about anything, and I think Russell, I mean, to make it to the end, you're a good player. Like, Russell's a yes. good player in a lot of ways, but he's also a bigger personality than me, I think, and a lot of people, um, respond very big to personality. his ways. Yeah. You know, so, I, I don't take, I don't take offense to it at all. Like, I played the game that I play, and he plays the game he plays. <laughs> Uh, that's so fair. Very different. <laughs> you are. I don't think there could be more different players. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
All right, how about this? Kurt with a K wants to know, can we get a little more backstory on one of the most surreal Survivor happenings, the infamous cat fight inside Robert Louis Stevenson's house while Colby watches uh, Treasure Island with Double D, Danielle DiLorenzo? Oh, gosh, Double D, Danielle. <laughs> Is that what she called her? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that, that, I thought that was her nickname. That's so Danielle funny. DiLorenzo. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> he would hate that. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, then we'll just then we'll call just call her Danielle DiLorenzo. <laughs> um oh gosh. Well, okay, so Colby and I had made a pact that day before the reward challenge. Like I told him, I'm like, Colby, listen, we have got to get this clue. Like, I don't care. We have to get it. There's two of us, there's one of her, we have the author in our favor, we have to find it. Like we have to right when we get there. All we all we should be doing is looking for this clue. Like I tried to make it an important thing to find this clue. This was important to me. I knew we needed it. And mm-hmm. to be honest with you, Colby, like la da 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 la da 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 da. He just he just didn't play the kind of game I play. And I don't know if it wasn't him caring or him wanting to just have fun at the reward. But he didn't look for it at all. And I was the only one looking for it. And I looked so hard that I missed it. Like, it's kind of comical. Like, I looked everywhere. Every room we went in on the tour, I made sure I was ahead of Danielle. I made sure I circled the room before Danielle. Like, we were almost elbowing each other a little bit, trying to get in the room first because she knew what I was doing. And it's so funny because Colby, this whole time, is like la da 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 da, not even noticing like that we're trying to beat each other to the rooms and you know we're looking in things in the rooms and like we're trying to beat each other to this clue. And then I'm so upset when we get to the movie that I haven't found it yet. And I'm looking around the room, going, "Where the heck could it be?" I looked everywhere. I know she can't have it. She can't have it. And I kept thinking in my head at that moment, "There's no way she found it before me." And I'm thinking, maybe she did. Oh, my gosh. What if she has it right now? So they hand me the bowl of popcorn. I have it first. And I am so in my head about this freaking clue that I just don't even want popcorn. I take a little bit and pass it because I'm just like, I just want to find the clue. And it's mm-hmm. in there. I mean, it's just like I was going to die. I'm like, there's no way. I don't care <laughs> if she has it or not. I'm leaving here yeah. with it. <laughs> um, now... <laughs> yeah, how come now you did, but you did let her leave without it or leave with it? Yeah, I did. I don't. Well, because I didn't know if it was the rule. I didn't know if you could feel it. I don't know if, if I was trying to figure it out and Colby wasn't helping. He just kept saying that I'm better than that. I don't need to do that. And it's like, it made me feel <laughs> so else? bad about it. My conscience was just like, <laughs> <laughs> Amanda, you don't need to stoop to this level to win this game, you know? Like, And then, <laughs> after I did it, I'm like, what were you thinking? You're an idiot. <laughs> right away, I was like, oh my gosh, Colby, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, there's no place for chivalry so on mad. Survivor. I was so mad. And yeah. it was just the most frustrating thing, being with someone who's played the game before, and I felt wasn't on my side, and wasn't he had no like urgency to find this. I was on my own. I mean, it was just a lose-lose situation. Yeah. 
Um, you know, the rule on Survivor, I think, even more and more as time goes on, is better to ask forgiveness than permission on these things. I think oh, you, you want that sure. clue. You go wrestle that clue, and if they and if it's no good, they'll make you give it back. But if you no, if it's good, so then right. you have it. You're yeah. so right. Yeah, I think so. I mean, thank I you, Amanda. Could have just and honestly, what I was going to do is I should have. I was going to take it from her, read it, and flush it down the toilet. That's what I was. That was my plan. <laughs> it really was. I was going to. I was going to read it and tear it up into small pieces and flush it down the toilet so she couldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, that's good. If this clue will self destruct. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got to do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Uh, okay. Uh, Jeff Spence wants to know: uh, Was fu- when you back in China was finding the idol under the camp flag as much of a nail biter as the show portrayed it to be? Uh, you know, sort of like what we were talking about with the idols this season. Was that as uh, as much of a nail biter for you than, uh, or or were you acting? No, I wasn't. You know, that's the thing, like, through this whole thing. I don't know if, if contestants on the show act. I'm sure they do. But I I, did, I ignored the cameras. Like, I really was just playing the game. So I was never acting or trying to portray something or being, like, I was just playing the game the best way I knew how. So mm-hmm. every time I freak out or I look retarded or I do something great, like, it's not... The acting. I wish I could take credit for that, but it's not. <laughs> what about what about in Blue Crush Two? Huh? What about in Blue Crush Two? Oh gosh, let's not talk about Blue Crush Two. <laughs> All right, fair, fair <laughs> enough. I no. thought that was you acting. Yeah, that was me acting, and survivors me not acting. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me well, all right let me make up for that one i'll ask you a better question uh how about um uh jordan parhar we talked about some of the great players you played with amanda in your opinion who is the best player you ever played with is there one could you name it or her um obviously my favorite player to play with is James, just because we. But who's so the close. best? Um, but the best. Uh, I mean, Harvey is really good at the game. Todd's really good at the game. I don't know who's best because they all have like their strengths and then their, their weaknesses. I mean, Russell is really good at Survivor. Yes. Um, I mean, they all have, they just play differently. It's hard to say who's the best player of Survivor. Like, I don't really know. I don't really know that question. And, like, I would say, you know, Boston Rob's a great player, and he's one of the players that I had watched before I went on that I kind of wanted to play a little bit like in certain ways, like how aggressive mm-hmm. he is and different things. Um, but is he the best? Like, I don't really know. I, I, don't, I don't know if I can answer that question. Yeah, it's a non-answer. It's a non-answer. All right, so, all right, let me ask you this from and Mark Ozzie Fultz. Ozzy is really good. Like, Ozzy's probably the best physical player of Survivor. But is he the okay. best social player? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just... There's just I, I hear you. Yeah. All right, Amanda, best. okay. Now, this is some, uh, some real talk now, okay? Mark Full wants to know, people often say, I don't know if they say often, but people, we'll just go with people say, 
your final tribal uh, performances were less than stellar. Now, is that is that even fair to say? I mean, let's just say subpar. Subpar. Okay, we're going to change this as we go along. So now the question <laughs> is now reads, people, people say that your final tribal council performances were subpar. Did you try to do anything differently the second time around, or were you caught up in the moment and not thinking about ways to improve? So I think this okay. is an interesting question. It is an interesting question because people don't understand. Um, when I played my first two seasons, they were back-to-back. I didn't watch my first season before I went out again on the second season. So I did everything exactly the same. And if you mm-hmm. watch my first two seasons, I do everything exactly the same. I make the mm-hmm. same mistakes, and I do the same like good things. I do. I mean, I play my game pretty much the same. So I, everyone asked me that question, and if I would have saw my mistakes in the first one, for sure, I would have, I would have changed um, the way I handled questions and just myself, I think, on Final Tribal. Like, I didn't stand up for anything that I did, and I felt really bad about a lot of things. And it's just from, I think it comes from, like, just where I come from, too. Like, yeah. a lot of emotions played. Like, I'm an emotional person. I'm sensitive and all of that kind of hit me in Final Tribal because you just, you just get pummeled, you know? And I just mm-hmm. didn't handle it well, and I did the same thing two times in a row. So, so let me just get the time frame right. So you go, now back then they used to film one season in June and one season in October. So you go, what, what year is this, 2007 that you go, you go film Survivor? I, you know, honestly, I couldn't even tell you. All right, well, let's just, we'll go with that. Uh, okay. So you go in June of uh, of one of the year. Then you film yeah. the show. Then Survivor China starts airing. Then you go play Survivor again while Survivor Chi- China is on the air. Well, see, after you go play, there's about a six month period there yeah. before it airs. So right. I think I was home, but I wasn't home for six months. Yeah, I don't because really I, rem- I, I remember when. I, I remember when Johnny Fairplay some... left to go play on the uh, on the uh, Survivor 16 because it was right after he got body slammed by Danny Bonaducci, and so I remember I remember being there that night that he uh, power bombed uh, Fairplay. Oh, <laughs> so that was like it was probably around you know they used to film it uh, like like the beginning of November. I think they did something different. This year, that year, I did two in a row because okay. I was only back less than a month, and then I went back out there again. Okay. So I think it was because the location or something we filmed them um, pretty close together. Okay. Yeah, and so, then but... they they both aired after I did both of them. So okay, my first one aired probably right when I got back. My first one was ending. You know what I mean? Yes. So it was airing while I was gone. So now, for the fourth time, you have it all figured out. Um, I would like to think that. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know. In my head, I do. <laughs> In our head, we all have it figured out. <laughs> yeah. I like to think that I have it figured out. On day one, every survivor has it figured out. At least every returning pl- uh, all-star has it figured out on day one. <laughs> Uh, all right, let me ask. <laughs> no. All right, one last question. This is from Brandon Glenn, 
and this is enough, this is real talk now. Uh, Brandon Glenn wants to know who is the better interviewer, Bill Posley or Rob Sesternino? Now, I didn't come up with this question, but I think it's I think it's a fair one. The better interviewer? Yes. Okay. Well. Okay, I'm gonna say you because I like your questions a lot, and I, you know, Bill is just kind of new to what he's doing, but he's doing a great job. Like I really enjoyed like, yeah, our he's interview. Learning but your on the job. Questions are more. Um, I think your questions are just a little more in depth than like obviously you did your research. <laughs> and you're uh, I have too. longer too. I have longer. <laughs> yeah, I'm not confined to only a half hour, and Bill Posley's doing 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 a great job. On, on and he Survivor would have Live. to be on time, you know. He couldn't sit there and talk with me and, like, yeah. Yes. Although, we'll, we'll have to ask Bill Posley who was the better guest, you or Benry. Oh, he's going to say Benry for sure. Promise. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, then we'll see. Uh, all right, Amanda, Amanda Kimmel, thank you so much for, I mean, I feel like we went on a whole ride with you. Are you, are you home now? I am. I just got home. You're home you safe? I'm safe. <laughs> You were driving, was a little touch and go in the in the car for a little bit, but we got we Hi. got you there home okay. Uh thank you so much. Uh follow at Amanda Kimmel on Twitter, right? Um, yeah. It is at Amanda Kimmel on Twitter. A- anything else you want the listeners to uh check out on the internet? Um uh, Oh my god. And no is an okay. Um, you answer. can check out Living the Life. Um, dot com. The site's going to be up soon for my new show, and we also have a Twitter page as well as at Living the Life TV. Um, and yeah, thanks for everyone for being fans and watching. And I've been getting such like amazing support on my Twitter, and I really appreciate appreciate it. It's really sweet to get like some positive feedback. A lot of social yeah. media I found has been. Um, and it can be pretty cool, and it can be amazing at the same time. So I really appreciate all my fans that have been yeah. supportive. Now, Amanda, you were a little late to the party on Twitter, but now you're you're up and fired up. I got kind of Twitter starred for a while. I'll be honest; I didn't <laughs> want a Twitter, but now that I'm on it and seeing it and seeing that you know a lot of people can be really positive, and um, my fans are really amazing, and um, it's it's fun. I like it. I enjoy it now. All right. Well, it's good to have you in the pool. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Amanda, thank you so much. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. All right, everybody. There you have it. Amanda Kimmel. And for appearing on Rob Has a Podcast, Amanda Kimmel will receive a Tundra hat courtesy of our friends at Tundra Gear. Get your own Tundra hat at robhasatundrahat.com. I talked to Adas. Uh, he has a special going on. Use promo code RHAP. Buy two Tundra hats. Get one free. And that's from our friends over at RobHasAtundraHat.com. All right, so now I am going to be joined by a woman who is here with us. And she's not on a car phone. It's Nicole Sesternino. Nicole, how are you? I do have my headset in, though. You do have your headset in? <laughs> yes. Bluetooth? Mm-hmm, my uh, car phone. All right, Nicole, how the hell are you doing? I'm fantastic. Whoa, that's yeah. very. That was, I wasn't <laughs> expecting you to be that enthusiastic. I'm very excited to be sitting in this chair. You're very excited to be back. Yes, I don't sit in this chair that often anymore. You don't sit in it that often. Yes. Yes. It's upsetting. Yes. Now people think that we have marital problems. <laughs> Is that true? Are we getting divorced? Well, you tell me. Yeah. Do we have an announcement to make? 
No announcement. No announcement. <laughs> we are happily married. Happily married. Yes. 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 In fact, uh, the the less we podcast together, the even happier we are married. It is true. It is. It is true. It's it less is, fights. Less fights. All right. So uh, lots of stuff that we want to get to here. Want to talk about uh, some of Nicole's thoughts about the show. Real quick, just want to mention, uh, appreciate all of you guys who are doing your shopping through the Amazon link on robhasawebsite.com. Uh, it really does help out, and we really appreciate it. All of you guys who have your bookmarks set to robhasawebsite.com slash Amazon for when you, whenever you need to go to Amazon. Uh, we really appreciate it. It helps out the show. You never pay anything additional when you use Amazon, and I know the uh, the holidays are coming up around the corner, so we appreciate it when you remember that extra step to go to robhasawebsite.com and click the banner for Amazon or go directly to Amazon homepage through robhasawebsite.com slash Amazon. Yeah. So, Nicole, uh, I, you know, I wanted to get your thoughts on this big trade that happened uh, last night. Mm-hmm. The What was your thoughts on trading the rice to get the sandwiches. I would have been so pissed. Yes. I would have been uh, fuming. Well, on which side? Um, I want the rice. I you're, don't want the sandwiches. Yes. You're you're not unlike Abby Maria in that way. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> we are very similar. And neither, unlike Amanda Kimmel, you have no poker face. I have no poker face. You have no poker face. Whatsoever. It would be obvious if you sat down at the poker table with you, anybody there would know what you had on every hand. You always know where you stand with me. You always do. And that's not a good, that's always a good thing. <laughs> not, at least not at the poker table. Yes. Or at the survivor table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Which is why I do neither of those two. Yeah, so what would you, what would you do if you were on Survivor and uh, Penner is giving away your sandwich, your I would have rice? voted him out. You would have voted him out? <laughs> yes. First of all, I don't know if you know this about me. You're like artists. Yes. I love rice. You love rice. I do love rice. Now, does your rice have to be crispy? Yeah, I prefer it crispy. You do prefer do. crispy rice? Uh-huh. See, I prefer mushy rice. You know, it, it depends on the mood. I do love mushy rice, too. <laughs> I See, do. All through college, I survived on rice. I actually, uh, crispy rice is, you know, it has its place, like crispy. in my cereal bowl. <laughs> uh, but I would prefer, if I'm going to have rice, I would prefer that it's, like, uh, mushy and sticky together. I prefer crispy rice on sushi. On that sushi. is the the best sushi when there's crispy rice. That's the best? And yes. what about sandwiches? You know, I'm not a big, you know, is there whole wheat bread? Like, what kind of bread I don't are they think they look like regular bread. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not having that. I have to say those sandwiches did look good that they had. They don't last, though. They don't last like the rice. <laughs> they don't last. <laughs> they, they were big sandwiches yeah. that they had. No. Not a good deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nicole, I know you're very defensive over Carter. Uh-huh. Were you... Were you upset to see uh, people talking about how slow he was talking on the episode? He was—he is a slow talker. <laughs> He's a little bit of a slow talker. A little bit of a slow talker, but it's probably because there's so much going on in his brain. Because <laughs> there's so much going on, he really wanted those the rice. I- I'm with you, Carter. He's like, I don't know what we're gonna do for food now. Well, he was upset. Yes, <laughs> very, I would have been the same way. He's very depressed yes. about the whole thing. I would be depressed too. Yeah. Uh, what did you think when Carter asked Penner, so uh, what do you think? Should we vote out uh, Penner or Katie? <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. He definitely got the dodo music. He got the, <laughs> got the dodo music? Yes. There, and uh, we'll, so we'll see 
uh, what happens. Yes, uh, I am sad to see Katie go. I did like her. Well, one last thing about Carter. I wanted to ask you about this. So Jeff Probst uh, yelled out during the challenge after Malcolm was repeatedly having his way with Carter mm. in, the, in the challenge. Uh, Jeff Probst, tell me if you ever heard this phrase before. He yelled out, uh, Malcolm is eating Carter's lunch out there. Oh, I've heard that before. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, now, for one, did Jeff Probst have to say lunch in front of Carter? We know he's very sensitive you know, about the food. Salt in the wounds. It was, salt on sandwich. <laughs> oh, why do you have to say salt? You know I'm hungry. Oh, poor guy. Poor guy. Mm-hmm. That's right. He's eating Carter's lunch out there. Yes, and he was very... What is that? Like, he's... Like, Malcolm's the bully, and he's like, hey, give me that lunch, Carter. <laughs> give me your lunch you get, money. Oh, man. No, no, I have no lunch today. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much how it is. That's pretty much how it is? Yes. It was sad. It was very sad. It was also very sad the way Jeff was treating Katie. Yes. I don't like that. He hates Katie. Yes. He was really... Uh, Katie's doing nothing out there. Katie is an idiot, is basically what he was saying. <laughs> yeah. Jeff has his favorites, and Katie was not one of them. Clearly. Maybe he hates Delaware. Probably does. He could hate Delaware. Yeah. That could be it. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, Nicole, let's get into uh, a little bit. Now. You know, it's. I wonder if because we're, we've been talking so much about the Twitter and what the survivors are doing, I'm wondering if we may have inadvertently... Ruin Twitter. How so? Because I feel like the survivors aren't aren't saying. I, I wonder if all the survivors getting on Twitter, saying crazy things during the episode, I wonder if that was a phase and that phase is starting to be over. There are still some crazy things going out going on on Twitter by some of the survivors. I don't know. I think that maybe Twitter has a, there's too many eyes on it. Maybe it was like people felt like, hey, I'm just going to do whatever. I'm going to post this crazy thing so on there. So you think there. CBS... You know, put the. I don't think uh, CBS. I just think that, uh, you know, it's becoming more visible and more a part of things. Because, I mean, I'm looking at my list. I don't really have any crazy tweets from the survivors themselves. Maybe and it was just a slow week. Even the former survivors, there would be feuds and stuff. It hardly it hardly ever happens anymore. Someone poke the bear. Yeah. Poke what, Russell Hans. When was. I mean, when was the last time Survivor Shannon got into it with somebody on Twitter? Well, Survivor Shannon is too invested in the political campaign right now to be to be worrying about Survivor. I mean, when was the last time Russell Hance really went after somebody on Twitter? I know. I know. I mean, I just think that the Survivors maybe are being a little too PC out there on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I think it's a thing. Yeah. It could be. Well, if it's, I hope it's just a fave. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You know they can't keep their mouths closed for too long. Yeah. Um, Johnny Fairplay was uh, going after Carter a bit uh, last night. Oh, that's not nice, Fairplay. He was. Uh, he said, uh, Carter Carter kills it in confessionals, as in with viewers. Uh, he kills the viewers? Yes. He, kills, he kills the viewers. That's not nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, even even Shannon was going after uh, even Carter. I, I, won't even, I won't even repeat it. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the interns with the... Uh, Head of interns, Ryan Kwanza, they were keeping an eye on, but it was a, a quiet night out there on Twitter. I think people are, are worried about the election. Are the, is that what it is? I think that's what's going are on. Are the survivors very elected, very the invested? The survivors in? are getting very political. Why? And they're clearly taking sides. Okay, well, Nicole, you, it sounds like you're more on top of this than I am. You uh-huh. want to just give me the list? We don't have to go run down. Who is Who are the pro-Romney survivors that are out there? 
the Hans family. Oh, the Hans. Okay, the so Hanses. This is in, this is like Game yes. of Thrones. Okay, so yes. the Hanses are with are for all for Romney. Right. Okay, geographically that makes sense. Yes, and so is Survivor Shannon. Survivor Shannon. Okay, yes. well he's from the same part of the Very country. Very much so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really it. Okay, <laughs> and then who are the pro Obama survivors? Everybody else. Everybody else. Just about everybody else. Well, give me name names. Don't say everybody else. Uh, Francesca. Fran- okay. Francesca. Yeah. She is a uh, pro Obama. I don't think she likes that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, and who else? Uh, seems like Maraska is pro uh, Obama. Okay. And uh, I can't remember off the top of my head because I was skimming through it. Okay, well, that's in- it's just yes. interesting to follow. I don't again. Yeah. I don't like to talk politics. Yeah. But I think it is interesting to see, to know which is which survivors are very vocal. Uh, yes. You will notice this guy right here, uh, not vocal about the election. Unless the microphone is off. <laughs> no, I no, that's not even that's not even true. A little bit. Uh, it's a little bit. Yeah, I'm a little. In- I feel like I'm more invested in the election. You this are. Year I'm pretty. Than you are. I'm pretty indifferent. Yeah. I'm pretty indifferent. Yeah. Um. So I just want to make the right choice. Yeah. Well. We'll see. Oh, I, here's my thing. I don't think there is a right choice. <laughs> <laughs> I've. S- <laughs> I've seen these two guys that are running, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm, not, I, I'm not really impressed with you. Yeah. That's why I'm casting my vote for Rupert for president. <laughs> yes. Right in. Yes, of course. Writing it in, Nicole. Mm-hmm. Candidate Boneham. Yes. So you're not paying attention to the live tweeting of the debates? No. Oh, it's crazy. I haven't even watched any of the debates live. I've yeah, watched. Yeah, Eliza live tweets it all the way from Beijing. Yes. Even Parvati was live tweeting the debate. The oh my god. The other day, I think she's also pro Obama. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, we'll see. I did not live tweet the, the <laughs> debates. I did not. Yeah. I'm not a good American. You're a very good American. I'm, I'm You're a, a very handsome American. I'm a, good, I'm a good citizen, but I'm not politically active. Well, you don't commit any crimes. Well, that's that's good. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. So, uh, Nicole, I know you wanted to discuss uh, something somewhat uh, survivor related that you're working on on the, that prettyfitchick.com. Yes, my, one of my new ventures. Yes, tell yes. us about this. Well, it's a new fitness challenge of it's uh, 39 days. Like an immunity challenge? It's not kind of like an immunity challenge. Um, 39 days of exercise, straight oh, no. consecutive days. So, you know, if those survivors could starve for 39 days, we could work out for 39 days straight. Well, I wouldn't like to work out 39 it's days It's actually straight. not working out 39 days straight. It's, you ha- it's a minimum of three days of high intensity or moderate intensity, uh, workouts based on your fitness level. And the rest are rest days where it's like, you can do yoga, you can, you know, just you know, do a brisk walk, go a little further than you would normally do, just something to get your body moving. So what are you doing? You're, you're just writing about what you're going to do for 39 days and everybody's just going to read what you're doing? No, people are actually checking into the website. I have a bunch of people that have already enlisted in the program Yeah. Um, that they're going to check in on the website, video check-ins, picture check-ins, and um, text check-ins. And it's just like a, a group of us just getting healthy. And when is that going to start? It starts Monday. So it's Monday. Monday, October 29th. So you can get your plan ready. It's also, you got to eat healthy too. And you expect people to not trick or treat. Now, is going trick or treating for candy, is that count? That's walking. Um, I get, well, that is walking. <laughs> and, you know, do some jumping jacks on the corner when you're waiting, <laughs> when you're waiting for the kitties. Well, that's good because then if you do Nicole's 39 day challenge and do uh, exercise for 39 straight days, then you don't have to have a New Year's resolution. You're done. You're done. <laughs> You're already done. Your New Year's resolution could be to stop working out. No, no, no. <laughs> the, the, do not feed these ideas into people. That's going to be my New Year's resolution. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. No, but it'll be a lot of fun. 
Okay. Yeah. And I, do I have to do this? You have to do it too. No. Yes. I am your personal no, trainer. No, I have 39 straight days of podcasting to do. That's my 39 <laughs> yes, day are, challenge. You are my worst client, by the way. <laughs> yes, that's why we're that's why we're good together. Uh, yes. Yes. All right. <laughs> so uh, then, uh, the only other thing I've got here is uh, this weekend. Lots of football coming up. Seeing if my Jets can bounce back after that uh, horrible overtime loss. From the Patriots. By the way, Mark Sanchez, Nicole, Eva Longoria, and Sanchez. Splitsville. Splitsville. I'm yeah. very excited about this yeah. news. For the record. I don't I don't like her for him. Yeah, I think Mark Sanchez can do better. He can do a lot better. What is he, 25? He's like 22. Yeah, how old? He's not 22. He's not 22. <laughs> he's like 23. Yeah, he's not 23. <laughs> he's like 24. <laughs> this is his fourth year in the NFL. Um, um, so, uh, yeah, well, how old is Eva Longoria? She's in her 40s, I think. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on, Mark Sanchez. But you know what? It is a step up from Jamie Lynn Sigler. I guess so. His questionable decision-making does not uh, only pertain to the football field. Yeah. Wah, wah. Yeah. He needs to get out of his head. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. He overthinks it. He did play. He played pretty good until the end uh, on Sunday. Anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, so coming up this weekend, uh, if you're frustrated with your fantasy team like I am, fret no more. Uh, our friends over at DraftStreet.com can help. Uh, you can play fantasy games that last just for the weekend. No commitment. You know, just like how you know how I like to do it, Nicole. Mm-hmm. And no commitments. No strings. Yes, I will punch you in the face. <laughs> That's, you know how I do it. <laughs> and over at DraftStreet, you can go ahead and if you sign up, uh, make whatever deposit you want to make, put some money in your account, and you can play and win real cash. And if you make a deposit, they will add 40% on top of what you deposit in your account at DraftStreet.com. So go to robisawebsite.com slash DraftStreet. Use promo code RHAP or click uh, the banner in the sidebar. Fantastic. There, there you have it, Nicole. And uh, that's going to do it for another week of podcasting here at uh, robisawebsite.com. You are a podcasting machine. No, well, no, my computer is a podcasting machine. I'm a, I'm a person. <laughs> You are a person that doesn't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't shut up. So yeah, I actually am looking for some more podcast ideas. Yeah, uh, trying to come come up with some stuff. I'm trying to. I like to have a podcast that, that I do over the weekend to have you for you guys on Monday. I don't really have a. I don't have one in store. Maybe you should take a vacation. No vacations <laughs> from podcasting. The show must go on, Nicole. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna try to fill in the hole for Monday. Easy. Uh, then on Tuesday, be coming back for Rob has a web show and we'll recap the amazing race and preview what's coming up on survivor. Wednesday, we'll be back with the survivor know-it-alls. And then on Thursday, one week from today, we'll do it all again. We'll talk to the latest person kicked out of the tribe. Plus we'll do our, uh, big whole episode recap with a great returning survivor. Oh. Well, I don't know if they're returning to this show. They're a former survivor. Or if they're great. Or if they're great. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. A lot can change between now and then. Yes. And uh, th- don't forget, this upcoming Wednesday is Halloween. So Stephen Fishback and I will be live for you on Halloween will night. Will you be dressed up? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll oh, you see. guys should totally dress we'll up. We'll see about that. But we will be giving out a uh, Rob Has a Podcast prize package Ooh. to the person who is dressed up in the best Survivor costume. And we've, and we've requested any... Big burly men, not to be Richard Hatch. That's <laughs> the the one request we've made. I request that they are we, Richard we've Hatch. Requ- we've requested no, no, thank you. 
on your Richard Hatch costume. Yes. If that's possible. Probably wise. All right. So until then, let us know what you thought about the show today. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Rob Sesterdino. Tell me what you thought or leave us some comments on robhasawebsite.com. I am at Nicole Love Shoes. Yes, and let Nicole know if you're interested in being in the 39-day fitness challenge (laughs) at thatprettyfitchick.com. So have a great weekend, everybody. Oh, oh, Nicole, you're 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 so on top of the you're so on top of the ball. I, I almost have to look out for these. I guys. almost forgot. Next head of interns will be Sarah Westerfer. Yes, congratulations. There you Sarah. go. So congratulations, Sarah. We'll be back with you guys uh, next week. Enjoy the weekend, everybody, uh, and uh, check out my friend Matt Hoffman's Hoff Oween. Uh, if you're a Super Pass subscriber. Uh, and if not, you can always uh, subscribe. I, I have the banner to click on for the Big Brother Live feeds up at the top of robhasawebsite.com. You can sign up. I still I still think you can sign up for a trial of Superpass if you want to catch uh, Halloween on Superpass this weekend. It's gonna, be, it's gonna be good. You definitely want to check it out. All right, have a great weekend, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Bye.